Uh, happy Valentine's Day for all of you. Uh, today is a special day for our family. My daughter turns uh, 14 today, so that's, a, that's exciting. And uh, we, we have been so excited. I was thinking this morning, 21 years ago, I went on my first Valentine's date with my wife. And 14 years ago, uh, we were having a child uh, on Valentine's Day. My wife did not want a child on Valentine's Day. Uh, she, she wanted her own day. But I think it's great because every time you go into Walmart or stores like today, it, it, she got excited growing up. Like, that's for me? All of that? They made that for me? That's, that's great. Well, happy Valentine's Day to you. Today is, is a super day that we get to share and celebrate Jesus and what today is really all about. You know, we focus in the world about love and we get to focus on a real love story that actually started many, many, many years ago. In fact, I want to take you to a place. Uh, let's show you a picture of where I'm talking about. This is called Skull Hill. It, if you could look ever so closely over the uh, buses there that you see, there is another. Uh, let's do a close-up shot. Maybe what you can see a few years back before this, you'll see some eyes buried out in hollowed out in that rock, and there's a, a glimpse of a nose. There in front, you see a camel. That's the old roadway. That is the area where people would be hung on a cross, where you'd see that camel walking. Some people today, and you'll see the sign actually right outside this building, it says Calvary. That is where uh, it is believed Jesus died on a cross for our sins. It's fun at nighttime. I love taking people to Israel and walking on the street. I, I take them to this bus stop, and at nighttime, and they're like, what are we at? What is this looking at? Well, I want you to transform your imagination and I want you to be like 2,000 years ago what it must have been like without a bus stop. This is where Jesus would have been crucified. It's fascinating because, you see, years ago, before even that moment, God had a plan in place because mankind, they committed something known as sin. Adam and Eve, yesterday I had a privilege of, of uh, marrying a couple uh, yesterday. Super, super excited to see the two of them get married. And it was out of uh, a, 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 an original wedding that took place, Adam and Eve. God saw that Adam was alone. You know, he had everything before his feet. He had everything. He had the world. He got to name all the animals, Mr. and Mrs. Giraffe, Mr. and Mrs. Hippo, Mr. and Mrs. Platypus. I mean, that's cool to name like a platypus, right? And yet he was missing someone. God saw that he needed someone special. And so he caused Adam to go to a deep sleep and out from his side, from his rib, God formed a, a, someone special for him. And Adam's good at naming people, right? So he's like, whoa, man, woman, 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 yeah, woman, you're beautiful, you're you're gorgeous. You came right. And you know what's fascinating about that? He didn't take a piece of the head. He took so that the man could like lord over. Didn't take a piece from the foot so he can trample. But he took a piece from the side so that he could do life with. And every Jew learning this story growing up, reading their Torah, their, their original uh, five books of the Bible, Genesis, they would say, it, every man's been looking for his missing piece. 
his treasure. It says, interestingly though, from King Solomon, he says, if a man finds a woman, he finds a treasure, a treasure that God has provided for him. And I, I find it so fascinating there at the beginning of time, God knew that man was needed somebody. And Valentine's Day, boy, we, boy, some of you have somebody. Some of you don't. You're still looking on eHarmony, right? Is that still a thing? You're, some of you are on Tinder right now, swiping right or maybe left. Not sure where you're at on that. Listen, there is hope for you today, but the hope I'm talking about is not found in a relationship. The hope I'm talking about has a name, and his name is Jesus. We sang that song just a moment ago. Hope has a name. His name is Jesus, and he told us a great love story that happened from that moment of Adam and Eve being together. And if you need a Bible this morning, I want you to, uh, one of our ushers will be more than happy to, you got one at home. I want you to turn your Bibles. You're gonna go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter one. In fact, hopefully you got a wristband today to help you. You're like, I don't know the Bible verse. It's on your wristband. If you got one, 1 Peter chapter one, verse three through five. We're gonna go there in a, in a moment. And, and we're gonna talk about this, this thing that happened right there in the garden. Because in the garden, mankind sinned and they fell short. Yeah, a, Satan, it must have been Halloween or something. He dressed up like uh, a serpent. And he disguised himself and he said, hey, uh, you could be like God if you just take a bite of this fruit. And so Adam and Eve, they listened, they took a bite. And out of that, that was the one thing that God said not to do. You have everything on this, on this garden, just don't eat from this, this, this tree. And you know, they got deceived by the devil. The devil is always, he's real. This morning, I want you to know something. In fact, as we, uh, as we begin today, the devil is real and he's active and he wants to destroy what God has, has established. There was, a, there was a perfect garden one time and mankind listened to the devil. They succumbed to the flesh. They thought they could be like God. And ever since then, we have fallen short of God's perfection, his perfectness. And the wages of that sin equals death. Death leads to a place known as hell. Hell is a place that's separate from God. It's not, it's not destined. In fact, it was created not even for mankind. It was created for angels, fallen angels, who did not want to follow the Lord. But every one of us who has fallen short of the perfection of glory of God, we actually are destined for this place known as hell because we've fallen short. We've, we've sinned. We've all, some, every one of us has lied. And if you disagree with that, you just lied, all right? So, a, so we all have lied and fallen short of that. And so God, but God knew that. He saw the plan. He knew what was gonna take place. He created everything. If he is really God, then he knows what's going to happen. And so he has a plan. And his plan, even spoken to Satan and Adam and Eve at that garden, he says, listen, through this woman, I'm gonna provide a seed, a seed that's going to come and crush you, Satan, on the head. And there's gonna be victory through this seed. And, and at the very beginning of time, God established salvation, what was going to happen. And, and then he would bring good news for people. Along the way, his word would be delivered to Moses on Mount Sinai, an opportunity for salvation. For people to follow his word. In fact, 
In that word, he has set up even established things of hope for people. Even before Moses, before I even get ahead, like God knew he predestined this whole great like plan for salvation to come. And he had this, uh, this man named Abraham. He had a son, his only son. He could not have a son at all until like he was like 100 years old. And he finally has a son. And he says for you, Adam, that means Abraham, you're gonna be a father of many nations. And he's like, well, I'm finally really old and I finally have a son. Thank you for that. But um, do you really, do you really wanna do what you just asked me to do? See, God and Abraham had this conversation and, and God asked Abraham, would you give your son to me? Would you sacrifice your son for me? And Abraham is a unique story. You can read about it in Genesis. In that time that God speaks with Abraham, Abraham's faith grows, it matures. And through that seasoning in a relationship with God, you begin to trust him. You begin to have more faith with him. I bet you there are many people in this room like in Abraham, you are walking in a relationship with God and you are starting to get to know him. You are starting to trust him greater. Maybe it's with your, your kids, you're letting, him, you're letting him lead your kids. You're trusting him in that way. Maybe you're letting him lead your finances. You're trusting in him with that. You're letting him lead, hopefully, your life. You're listening to his word. Abraham, he struggled. He struggled like many of us. But there came a point where he finally trusted God's word. And so when God told him, hey, you finally have a son? Cool, I want you to sacrifice him for me. And Abraham believed God so much that no matter what was going to happen, God was going to provide. Maybe it'd be another son. Maybe God was gonna provide something else, but it didn't matter. So they took some, some wood, they put it on his son's back, his name is Isaac, and he carried it up this mountain. Can I show you that mountain again? I wanna show you that place. There it is, it's that one. That's, that's called Mount Moriah. It's the same mountain that Isaac took some wood on his back. It's the same mountain Jesus would carry some wood on his back across. And it was there that God told Abraham to sacrifice his son. And when he was about to sacrifice his son, God stopped him and he provided a sacrifice. But he just wanted to see if Abraham would, would, would follow. And he did. God is faithful. He doesn't even want to see mankind suffer and die. So God provided a sacrifice. But it was a foreshadow of what was to come on top of a mountaintop. A place known as Golgotha, Skull Hill. A place called as Calvary. And there on Calvary, mankind would, would be saved. In fact, he would even do this foreshadowing when he handed Moses this, uh, these, these commandments. He says, within the commandments, I want you to place on high cities, mountaintops, these certain cities called refuge cities for people to find salvation, for people to find hope that in case you accidentally killed somebody, you could run from your avenger. You know, like the Incredible Hulk or Thor, Captain Marvel, you know, some of the Avengers, must be a DC fan. You know, Superman, <laughs> Batman, Wonder Woman. No? Okay. Okay, the Avenger. 
in case you don't know, if you accidentally killed somebody, let's say you were a farmer and you, you, you took your hoe and you went backwards and there was a kid right behind you and your hoe went into their head, brutal, I know. I say this because it happened to me. I did this to my brother. He lived, okay, he's good. But you could kill somebody on accident. They had a place on a mountaintop, there were six of them, called Refuge Cities. And you could run in case from, from maybe it was a bad family that got mad at you for doing that, and they would run and attack you. But if you got into the city, you were safe. You were saved. You found refuge. You found a place of hope. And you were safe as long as the high priest lived. But when the high priest died, your sin was removed and you could go. And this is really a picture. It's unique. Why, why are these things? Why did God put it in, in the text? Why? So when, when the people of Israel, when they moved into their promised land, they could have a place they could run to and be safe. Yes, that is one reason, but it's also a forerunner of what was to come. Something that would happen on Calvary. You see, Jesus became like our high priest. Jesus died for our sins. And we could run to Jesus as a place of refuge. We can run to him as a place of hope. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll pull up a verse up on the screen for you. Don't move your spot. I want you to see this verse from Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18 and 19. It says, we who have fled to Jesus for refuge can have a great confidence as we hold on to the, would you say it with me? Hope, hope that lies before us. Let's read the next part. It says this, would you say it with me? This hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. You see, Jesus is our high priest who not only died for our sins, but guess what happened after his death? Three days later, he rose from the grave. And because he lives, we now have a hope that we get to run to. And we get to stay within him as a refuge and strength, a very present help in time of awesome need. And if there was a time in need for a world to have hope, boy, I think it's that time. I think it's time that people can discover a hope that's found only in Jesus, that we can drop everything and leave it and run and run to Jesus Amen. and have hope in him. And that's where we are at today. As we are taking just a, a mini pause because I wanna, I figured it's Valentine's Day. It's like before, we're, we're, we're going through Daniel as a church right now, but on Valentine's Day, we gotta talk about like a love story that God's all about. And that love story is you. But it's also for what God wants to use this church for and how we're gonna love our city. And we've gotta know how to understand what his story is all about. And it started away at Calvary, providing us a refuge of strength and of hope. And he's brought us to a city. I would say, we'll call that city Hope City. Little Hope City Church action. Oh, wait, what church are you guys at today? Hope City Church. All right, all right, all right, cool, check this out. All right, let's look at it together. First Peter chapter one, verse, verse three. It says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, would you say it with me? Mercy. 
Come on, say it like uh, Jesse uh, Spano does in Full House. Is that right? Have mercy. Come on. Come on, everybody. Have what? Mercy. Mercy is something that you, you and I, we, okay, well, let's say we deserve death, right? For the wages of sin is death. We deserve it. But God withholds that judgment. We have now received mercy. So we have been given mercy. He says, he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again. We are brand new in Jesus Christ. We deserve death. He's withheld it. And so what has he done? He's given to us grace. He's given to us a gift we don't deserve. Forgiveness, love, acceptance, right where we're at. Jesus was talking to a man named Nicodemus and, and, and he, was, he was telling him, hey, you can, you, why don't you become a follower of me? He says, how, how can this happen? Well, you, if you do, if you believe in me, you'll be born again. And Nicodemus is like, no way. How can I be born again? I'm, I'm, I'm really old. I can't be born again through my mom. She, I, she's dead. How is that even possible? I'm so big. He says, no, no, no. We can be born of, of, through, this, through like water, through like the birth, birthing. But when you believe in me, you will receive a new beginning, a fresh starting point. When you look to me as the one way to be forgiven of all things, to, to like every one of us is in need of a savior. Every one of us has this God-shaped hole within our hearts. We've all been trying, and some of us try to plug it in. Valentine's is a great thing. I, I, I know I, for years I was trying to plug in that, like, that love hole. I thought like I needed to have uh, a relationship with, that was going to, to save the day. For, like, between, I needed a, a girlfriend. Always had to have a girlfriend. Got to have a girlfriend. Got to have a girlfriend. Need this relationship thing. Anybody ever been there before? Just got a few honest people. That's cool. Praise God. All right. If you got married, I guess they didn't really need you. Okay. Okay. No, they didn't. Come on. How many of you ever had needed like you really wanted to have a relationship with somebody? This, this thing. Trying to fill it in. Maybe, maybe it's been that. Maybe you tried to, to fill your hole with alcohol. Maybe it's been uh, a dream to be a professional, a lawyer, a doctor, a baseball player. Maybe you've wanted to just flood your, your heart to have just land, own something of your own, do something on your own. You just wanted to build a Lego set. Maybe that was your, your dream. I don't know. We all just have this God-shaped hole within us. And Jesus comes knowing what the need is. Every one of us needs the relationship with God. And the only way to have that is when we believe in Jesus as our Lord and Savior. The only way to have it is when we understand who he is and what he's done for us. He's given us a story from the beginning of this Bible all the way through the end, and he's telling us one simple story that God Almighty has created you and knows what you need, and so he's given us hope. And that hope has a name. His name is simply Jesus. And if you believe on him, you will now be, he says, born new. It's like you're a fresh start. You're all born again. I have a new life, a new beginning, a fresh start. I, I am 
The old things have gone away. Everything has become new. I'm a new creation. And that should be exciting to every single one of us in this place. We should be so stoked this morning. If you know Jesus Christ today, you are born again. Fresh, new life, beginning. The joy is in you. Jesus lives with inside you. If you haven't made that decision yet, may I encourage you to don't delay. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He came to give you hope. Your destination is not in the smoking section. Your destination is in heaven with Jesus. And he loves you deeply. And he says, very simply, look with me one more time. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again. Notice what he says, to a living hope through the resurrection of Christ from the dead. We now have a hope. Now say this with me, uh, Elvis. Elvis, you'll understand why in a second. I want you to say the word, I was taught this by this awesome guy here. His name is Mark, but I, I, okay, you say Elvis with me. Three, two, one, Elvis, all right. We're gonna learn a little Greek today, all right? Think Elvis for a minute, and I want you to say Elpis, Elpis. You just trade, take the V out, okay? And we're gonna say Elpis, one more time. Elpis, all right? That means hope. It's the living hope that we have. That's the Greek for hope. Now you know some Greek in your Bible for a minute. If you forget it, well, remember Elvis lived, right? Oh, but he does. I don't know if you know his story. He might have, he might have gotten sick. He might have gotten uh, into drugs towards the end of his life. It caused his death. But before that, he believed Jesus Christ to be God. And out of that relationship, because God is faithful to the very end. We might be unfaithful, but God is faithful. And his promise is sure. It is profound. And he has a hope, a living hope today, because he's not dead. He's ever much alive. Every one of us who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ is living now and will never, no, never taste death. It has no, it has no victory. We have the victory in Jesus because of the resurrection from the grave. And this is our starting point. Our start, he's alive, and so thus we are alive. And he says very wonderfully, verse four, to obtain, see, we gotta be thinking forward, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable. It's undefiled. It will not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you. For you who are protected by the power of God through faith, for a salvation ready to be revealed in its last time. You and I have a hope that is not just for the now, it's forever. It is an inheritance we will be receiving one day. Remember Jesus, he tells the disciples, guys, I've gotta leave to go prepare a place for you. I, I, I've, got a, I've, got a, I've got a mansion that I gotta build for you. But I'm gonna leave you the Holy Spirit. My spirit, he's gonna be with you to help you through everything. But I, I'm going to prepare something. But one day I'm coming back. I'm coming back soon. And so us, we have to have our eyes looking forward. We can't be looking in despair. We have to be looking forward. We have a living hope of an inheritance that is unfading, 
that is not in decay, that he says uh, right there in verse in verse four, that is imperishable, undefiled, and will, and will not fade away. We have a, a wonderful hope in that. So I'm gonna ask the question this morning as we begin a little, a little deeper in this concept. Then why, as a follower of Jesus, do we despair? Why do, why do we get frustrated when we see those who are in evil get away with what they get away with? Why is it that um, we feel like I'm always going through trials and tribulations. I'm always getting hurt. I'm always getting affected. I'm not where I need to be. Why is it that I see people, Christians, great friends of mine, they're always bothered by an election. They're bothered by a sickness or a cancer. They're bothered by just how come so-and-so always gets the raise and not me? How come they have a boyfriend, a girlfriend, I don't? Like what's, like what? Why do we go there in despair? If I am to believe what this word actually says to me, that this word is true, it's living, it's active, it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It actually has the ability to pierce between bone and marrow. If I let the word of God be the word of God and let it speak to me, let it be alive and let it breathe its life and to trust in it, then why do I despair? It's, it's, it's devastating. I, 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 we're, we're, we're human, we're flawed. We, we, we're in this flesh, we're not perfect yet because that's why it's a living hope. One day my life will be Perfect. But yet we struggle. And I think sometimes we have to get to this point in, in um, those that struggle with addictions, those that teach that, they'll, they'll probably say, uh, there's, a, there's a phrase like hitting rock bottom. Sometimes you have to get there. Why does something like this happen? I think sometimes it has to happen because the short-term success of the wicked, God lets that happen so that we can realize that God cares more, not just about the short term, but he cares more about our eternity than anything else. He wants us to see his, his goodness and his tragedies. I, I think of a man this week. So every, every week, every day, pretty much, we, we gather here at eight o'clock. And I've always encouraged us as a church, would you pray at 8 a.m.? It's been so neat to, um, one of the elders, his name is Bill Strickland, such a, man, just a faithful prayer warrior. That guy comes, coming faithfully at 8 a.m. just to open these doors and pray. Sometimes he turns the alarm on, too. <laughs> uh, unintentionally, uh, because I forgot to unarm it. And uh, i just so blessed as we pray together. And then one day this week, a guy named David comes into the room, and he brings up uh, this story from Habakkuk. And I had just been reading Habakkuk, Habakkuk's like, why do you read that one? Uh, it's in the Old Testament. It's very small. It's very short. It just happens to be one of the forerunners of Daniel that we're looking at. And in Habakkuk's story, he's like living in like almost like our days where he's complaining. He's, he's, he knows God's going to destroy the very city he's dwelling in. And yet, it breaks his heart because he's, he's wondering like, why? Why does this have to take place? 
But he looks to the Lord and he says, you know what, God, I know strength is gonna come from you. I know strength is gonna rise. But he looked amongst his people and his friends and he realized that they're in a lot of despair and discouragement. It looks like a lot of Christians. Sometimes we've had like discouragement all around us and like, why, why? And if we're focusing on on despair too much, we, we start to think like God in heaven is like in a conference room with his angels and, and he's like, guys, I think I blew it. Did, did, we, did we get this right? Listen, he's God. He got everything right. He allows some things to happen in our lives sometimes so that we can, we can trust in him. And I don't know about you, but if I believe this word to be true and I let God be God, have you ever read the back of the Bible? There's this cool book called Revelation. Um, it's, not a, it's not a bunch of revelations. It, it, it's just one, one revelation God gave to a, a man named John, and John recorded what was going to happen in the end. And you know what happens in the end? Jesus comes riding back with, on a white horse with all of his people, and, and he wins. Do you know that? Like, Jesus wins in, in the end. It's, it's so good. Growing up, I would hear this line at church. Uh, the pastor would say, you know, the gates of hell shall not prevail. And what he was doing, he was quoting Jesus. Jesus was preaching to, to his disciples and he says, guys, the gates of hell shall not prevail against this church. And a lot of times I would think like the gates were like a weapon that they would be used. And, and, and we were like a, a, almost like one of those trailers in a trailer park that was waiting for a tornado to come and whip it around and we were going to get destroyed. So I better hunker on tight and hope it doesn't get blown away. And then I started to wait and process. Wait a minute, a gate, a gate is not a weapon. It's a form of defense. You see, the devil is always on the defense because he lost and he knows he lost. And he's trying to do everything he can on the defensive side, but we are, shouldn't be on the defense. We have, should be on the offense and always in victory. But for some reason, we're like freaking out. I'm a big baseball fan. I love baseball. I grew up listening to uh, the Dodgers. Vince Scully used to be a Dodger fan. Uh, it was all we had here in Arizona. 55 KOI. Listen to the radio at nighttime. And then... Then the Diamondbacks came in 1996, 97, and then they played their first ever game in 1998. Boy, were they awful. <laughs> and then their owner, Jerry Colangelo, bought them a, a bunch of new players. Randy Johnson, Kurt Schilling, got some amazing talent, and it all came together in 2001. But then something tragic happened as they made it, finally made it to the World Series, 9-11. Our world was forever changed. And as if like the gods of the world, they had their thing in order, the Yankees from New York would play the Diamondbacks. It was destined for a New York victory. But something took place. The Diamondbacks took the lead. Oh, two games to none, headed to New York. And then we were winning game three. And our our closer was up there, Hideo, uh, I forget his name. Young Young Kim, forgive me, Young Young Kim. He blew it in the bottom of the ninth, gave up a home run to Jared Cheater. Game four, it was like I was watching a rerun. Same thing happened. Game five, it was like turned into uh, a November 
It was like midnight hit. Derek Jeter, another home run. Now the Diamondbacks are losing three to two. One more victory. Man, we lose. But then game six happens. We tie it up. Oh, three to three. And it's game seven and everybody's excited. And, and the Diamondbacks go up. And then they, they're losing two to one because a storm came in. I don't know if you guys saw this or remember this. I do. For some reason, we chose to open up the roof at Diamondback Stadium. And then we let a storm come in. The wind changed. It got dark. And everybody in my house that was watching this game, we began to fret and fear. Oh, and the Yankees took the lead. And now we were going to lose. Now it's the bottom of the ninth. And everybody's hoping. We were on our, I was literally on my knees praying. They're like, God, please, our team stink in Arizona. Suns lose, Cardinals lose, Coyotes, what are they? And then like, all we had was the Arizona Rattlers. And that's not even a real football team that's actually won something. And also, forgive me, it's indoor, it don't matter. But the, like, the thing, it's like, come on, God, please. And we're fretting, and then all of a sudden, there's like a bloop single, guy runs around, scores, we tied it, and the bases get loaded, and Luis Gonzalez is up, and we're like, please, God. And he has this bloop single, and for some reason, they pull the Hall of Famers, Derek Jeter, in, and the ball gets over. Man, we were sweating, we were fearing, doubt, fear. Today, I bought that DVD. Once a year, I play it back. And I, I love, I love it when they take the lead because I like watching the other players on their team going, yeah, we got this. We're gonna bring in our Hall of Famer, Mariano Rivera, to close out the game. Oh, I love looking at his face because I know you're gonna lose, buddy. <laughs> you lost this. It's so funny that we can be so amped up about things that are happening right before us and we forget what happens in the end. God has established for us victory in Jesus Christ and our hope should be forward and moving forward as a church all the time. Amen, it should be. Listen, it's an inheritance that God has given to us by his grace and his love at the cross. And now that we have that in Jesus Christ, we should walk up high and be excited and get to share this hope that we have discovered, this love that we get to know in Jesus Christ. Listen to what he says again, verse four. He says, it is imperishable. In fact, I, I have to read this to you. Romans, Romans 8, 35, 39. We'll put it up on the screen for you. Who will separate us from the love of God? Will tribulation, trouble, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, or sword? No. He says, just as it's written, for your sake, you were, we were killed all day long. We were regarded as sheep to the slaughter. But he says this, but in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through Jesus who has loved us. For I am convinced, Paul writes, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present or things to come, nor any power on this earth, nor height, nor death, nor any created thing will be able to separate us from the, from the what? The love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Do you believe that this morning? Yes. Nothing can separate us from his love. So church, we as a church need to be, if we could just renew the hope 
that type of hope for this city. But how do we do that? Through the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's something powerful about this word. When it's taught and we teach it, provide its culture, its history, provide it in depth to understand why it was written. And we let the Holy Spirit teach from it. Something powerful happens. The Holy Spirit does his thing. And he begins to guide our hearts. He begins to even convict our hearts. That's why people don't like to come to church sometimes. They feel like, if I go, there's going to be a lightning bolt that God's going to strike me down. No, I've never seen it happen. (laughs) We feel that way because we're like, oh, but God, I just, I I don't think God likes me. Are you kidding me? He loves you. And he offers you a hope. You know that thing you've been looking for, that God-shaped hole you've been trying to fill? He provides it for you. Man, he's been telling his story since day one, and he provided it at a, at a mountaintop called Golgotha, known as Skull Hill. It's called Calvary. And he wants to be a refuge. In fact, you should just leave everything and run to him to find that hope, because it's a living hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Because of his resurrection, oh, come on, it is imperishable. It's, it's not, you can't defile it. There's, it's pure, it's clean. What you have in heaven is outstanding. If you just only know what's there. I, I don't know if you heard the story once about a, a, a husband and wife that had been married for 47 years and they got in a terrible car accident. But when they were in heaven, they were talking to Peter at the gates and Peter said, hey, I'd love to show you around and tell you all about your new place that we have for you. So they, they walked around and they showed him the front of the house. It was big, beautiful, nice picket fence and had a porch on the outside. And then he looked on the inside and was like, that's my bedroom? Whoa. And then that's, 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 that's the golf course I have in my backyard. And we got a pool. And when you got a ranch and I got a garden for my, how much does it cost? He's like, it's, Peter's like, it's free. It's free. He looks at his wife. How dare you, woman? I've been eating your brand muffins for 10 years now. We could have been here a lot sooner. It wasn't ready to go on that diet. If people only knew what they have. Do you realize what we have in Jesus Christ? You have hope. You have, you have a place that is yours now and forever. You have a, a, a wonderful All of us have have this, as as he says here, reserved for you in heaven for salvation ready to be revealed in that last time. For us, we have something that is precious that will be given to us that you and I should not we shouldn't be afraid to tell others about. We get to pocket and deliver a good news of hope for our city. How this church is gonna do that is gonna be through his gospel. We're gonna preach and teach his word. We're gonna do so in the best way possible. 
As a church, you need to know on this day, on Valentine's Day, we wanna do that by demonstrating his love for one another. It's when a church comes together and is focused on, on the main thing. We'll teach through the hard subjects because we believe that God speaks through his word. And when we teach through it, the Holy Spirit is welcomed here. And, and the Lord begins to move in a special way. Having the privilege and opportunity to, to kind of hit reset on this, this whole place and this building. We have prayed, man, so many times. We believe God's gonna do something new here. And if we are faithful to the call that God's called us to do, I think he's gonna impact our lives in this city for, for something outstanding. So I wanna invite you to be about what we believe Jesus is all about. His love for one another, his word that he's given to us. So how do we do that? This is gonna be our starting point as a church for Hope City Church. As we renew the hope for the city through the gospel of Jesus Christ, we wanna do this. We wanna make disciples who love Jesus one another and our city. We wanna be all about Jesus. Again, we're gonna do that by teaching his word. Something powerful is found when you teach his word. And we're, we, we will do that not in this room only, but across the way in our children's ministry. Oh, they're tearing it up. It's so much fun. Some of you in there are teaching our kids. I just want to say thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. You are doing so many great things. The next generation, my daughter is 14. Her whole life she's been in church. And I haven't had that opportunity on those Sunday mornings to really teach her because I've been teaching like an, another age level. But those men and women that have taught my daughter all those years, Oh, it's been so cool. I get to do that teaching though every day of my life when I come home. I get to live that as an example. And you know how that happens? It's transformed when, when we let the word of God transform us and our kids see that. Ah, oh, so good. Sorry, if I'm getting a little emotional. I don't mean to. Uh, I... Uh, just thinking about all the years of how God's word has taught me and I've been so foolish I feel like Abraham was for too long and praise God I'm not 100 yet and I finally get it but there's a lot of work to be done for people to be taught it doesn't just happen in Sunday school it happens in youth ministry it happens it happens in song when we sing this church when we sing, we want to sing about the glory of God. In fact, God, you know, it's so cool. I want to give a huge shout out right now to CCV. CCV raised $5.7 million for local churches to be blessed. $5.7 million. And they gave it to churches that they believed in. We were one of those churches. 
that they looked at and they said, we, we see what God's doing over here. Lives are being changed and transformed. So awesome. We were able to, with that, those funds, we were able to make a studio for, we realized in a pandemic, it's so hard. You know, people are not able to get out to, to do things. And so we created something with those resources because we wanna be a vision of hope for our city. Not just for this church, but there are so many smaller churches that don't have the opportunity to record a message, to record music, maybe create a podcast. We wanna be a place where they can do that. In fact, we wanna be not just for one another, we wanna be about the city. We want these rooms and walls to be opened up for this city to discover hope. So like a, a school could come and create a, a video for their, for, for their thing. A, a, a family can re- record something. There's someone has got something on their heart they just needed to get down. Nothing like this exists on this side of town, but it does today. And so, and so we wanna be about like one another. We really, we really do. In fact, the, the team, they've been creating a, we've been creating a, a little demo, a little worship album. Slowly, it's coming together and some songs are being produced so that we can share the hope of Jesus Christ. I, I wonder what you will do to be a part of this thing that God has brought together, to be about his love. Would you join me in serving one another? Have you ever thought like, how can I get involved in a church? I hear all the time, people are like, how, do, how can I get involved? You know, one way, simply, it's just say like Isaiah said in our Bible. He said, here I am. Samuel, he was just a little boy. He said, here I am. Abraham, he's off in the Ur of Chaldees. He's got, here I am. I just, would you use me? Just a step of faith. Maybe some of you want to just like, how can I impact one another here at this place? You can serve. We have a greeting team that is phenomenal. You know what makes it phenomenal is you, when you smile, when you welcome. Every one of us is on the greeting team. When you come into this place, did you greet one another? Would you say hello? Or were you rude to that person that you sat next to today? And if that's your wife, change your heart. Okay. <laughs> they, online, online, you can type right now. Hello. That's our website too. Hello, hopecity.com. <laughs> wink, wink. We, you can just be a great right there. How about you could be a part of the children's ministry team to serve? In that way, you could be on the usher team that you know greets people, welcomes in the room. You could be on this worship team and sing songs. In fact, you do worship. You're already worshiping. You're singing in your seats. You're clapping, hopefully on rhythm. But you're just you're just praising God because God just wants to use you. Do you realize you and I, as a Jesus follower, we carry His presence wherever we go. He dwells within you. You have the ark of His covenant within you. And you get to carry him. You're a priest. Peter would say you're a royal priesthood. You've been chosen for his possession. Let's be about those things. You could give. Give unto the Lord. Like, do we trust him in our ways? And this is how, like, truly as a church, we are going to see 
our growth in him. When we give unto the Lord, when we serve unto the Lord, when we read his word, you know, it's been neat to see, I've got to just tell you, city groups. Some of you, have, you have that opportunity and time you set aside to join a city group. So many neat things I've, I've, I've been seeing and hearing from so many different groups. I've got to share this testimony with you. This, uh, Michelle and Ryan shared this with me. They said, we got home from the hospital and our city group offered multiple times to bring us meals. A few weeks later, we got into a car accident and due to me being visually impaired, I don't drive, so we, can, we only have one car. But during that time, our car was in the shop and again, members from our city group offered to take us to the grocery store and to run errands that we needed to do. The saying people say at Hope City Church, like welcome home. Well, in a short amount of time that we have been going here, we know that we are exactly at home because we completely feel welcomed. Thank you for being such a blessing to our family. We are very excited to watch and, and be a part of the great things that we believe God is going to do and is doing here at Hope City Church. Yeah, that's so cool. You know, I see some of you in this room that have been a blessing to others. To be in the hands and feet of Christ. That City groups is just where you find an opportunity just to connect. Because sometimes when you come into a church or you're online, you're watching, it's hard to connect personally with one another. We're in and we're out, we're in and out. It's awesome when we can just pause and just settle back and just let God be God and rest and get to know one another, do life with one another. It's powerful. Maybe you could step in there, just, just right there. There's so many great places to serve. Just get plugged in. Will you consider to do something great? You know what? Hey, honestly, I need somebody to fix the signs outside every week. Can somebody do that? Anybody that maybe knows air conditioning, love to talk to you. Anybody that knows landscaping, love to talk to you. Anybody that knows like how to clean carpets, love to talk to you. Anybody that, it's like a house. So much to do here, but there's so much to do, not just here, but beyond in our city. I would love to do, we haven't, we haven't started it yet. I would love to do a second Saturday. Every second Saturday of every month, I would love to just meet here and go help someone in our city. That's what we do as a church. Haven't got that off the ground yet. I, I would love to, I was challenged this week on a podcast by uh, Pastor Jason to, to love Ottawa University, to pour into them. What could we do for our neighbors to share and love them about Jesus Christ? What could we do? We're not just gonna be inward, we're gonna be outward, and we're gonna be about the city of surprise. In fact, one last thing, and, and worship team, why don't you guys come up here for a second? I wanna challenge you this. So two things, two, two things. As a church, beginning the 28th of February, we are going to join with Choices Pregnancy Center. Choices, formerly known as Crisis Pregnancy Center, Choices uh, has an awesome opportunity for us to make a huge impact in this city. I don't know if you know this, but the teenagers in Surprise, Arizona, rank number one in all of the state for sexually transmitted infections. 
It's awful to think about. So we just don't want to stand by. We want to be a part of it. Young Life over here, they have a thing called Young Lifers. They partner with Choices, and they come alongside and minister to and help educate and encourage people so they don't end up with a sexually transmitted infection, which also probably would lead to pregnancies, early pregnancies outside of marriage, and it's hard in itself just being married, <laughs> having kids. Imagine just being alone going through that. So we want to be a part of the solution. They're, they're, we're going to have these uh, baby bottles that we're going to provide to the city groups, and we're going to provide here to just to be a part of it. It's one of the missionary things that we support at Hope City, and we're going to try to fill up these little coins, put coins in the bottle, and just see how we do, and that, that, that's going to be a blessing to, to them. So, and we're going to specifically partner with them. But also, next week, I want you to chew on this. We're going through the book of Daniel. And I think if we can unify our hearts together as a church to let God be God and God to really just reveal his holiness here, we're gonna begin fasting and praying for 21 days. Now we're in the book of Daniel. I wonder if you would do a Daniel fast with me. Ooh, the music changed key there. (laughs) Daniel fast, that's that's a challenge. Maybe you don't have to do that. Maybe you just want to do a regular fast. That's okay. I've never fasted before. You're like, but I want to tell you up in the front. We have eight days to consider. Think about it. But if we have fasted and prayed together for 21 days, imagine what God can do, especially as Easter comes around. Just as we do something like let Jesus come and fill this place. Every time people come in here and experience, they don't experience just a building. They experience the presence of God. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we ask here at this place that you would do something special. You would anoint your people because, Lord, we are founded on your word. And what you've given to us is a living hope, a hope that has no bounds. You are faithful, God. And we want to be about what you're about in everything. Make yourself known here in this place, Jesus. We want you to do everything you can with this through us. We want to be a beacon of hope for this city through your gospel. As we make disciples who love you, one another, and the cities, Lord, you've called us to. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.